Hello and welcome to another episode of Meta Sidekicks. My name is Liv. This is M. M. Say whatever you want. You got no. a fun fact for us today? No. No? No. Damn. I ran out of ranch. <laughs> I had ranch with lunch. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, we are Psychic Mediums, Twin Flames, and Best Friends. We talk about all things metaphysical, paranormal, spiritual, and in between. And today... We're going to talk about possible haunted cabins today, and I'm excited about it, because these ones, I, M doesn't, I don't think you like history, right? No, I don't. I fucking love history, <laughs> so, I yeah. got, I feel like most of my past lives were oppressed by those people, so. Of history? Yeah, of people in power. Oh, well, these people were definitely not people in power, they just, I love history, and it, it's a part I'm of. I'm telling you, that's probably why I don't like history. Oh, got it. Because it reminds me of all the traumatic things my souls have gone through. Got it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe these ones might be relatable instead of mm-hmm. oppressive. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to play a game of Psychic Chicken, which means that I know things. Not a lot of things, but I know some things. And M knows nothing about the topics I'm talking about. And I'm sure no one else knows about this unless you're from West Virginia or Canada. So... Is it just one place? No, I got two. Mm. Ooh. Who's the one that has the dude with the weird trucker hat that has gray curly hair? Is there like somewhere that there's water that he fishes? That could be a very good possibility. He smells like tobacco and sweat. (laughs) And he has a big twang in his voice. Ask number one or number two. Ask number one or number two. Yeah. Ask him number one or number two. What does he say? Oh, two. Okay. He might be someone from around the other cabin. Okay. But I'm excited. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you the first, the first cabin. Um, but yeah, Emma's going to, Emma's going to use her mediumship abilities to try and figure out something about what I'm it, what it what I'm going to talk about and then the ghost stories that may or may not be related to the place according to the interwebs and if they're true or not. So, without further ado, White Otter Castle. And I would like to tell you, it's not a castle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um there's this like dude that has dark hair that looks like he was like in um like a war or something. Okay. He may have been in a war. It was hard to find things on him. I feel like he like lived there with his wife and they had a child that was a little girl. His wife is like blonde and his little girl's blonde. And he has like light brown hair. And it's very short. Hmm. Is he related to one or two? One. Huh. Maybe he was someone. I'm not sure. I don't know what the man that looked like that lived there. There's no pictures of him. Is there like a swing somewhere? Is this before or after he built his castle? Before. Okay. That would make more sense. Mm-hmm. There could have been a swing. Dude, I'm excited. I could not find anything on this man. Is it the same man? <laughs> I assume so. I mean, we don't have anything else to go off of according to the internet. I couldn't find like his life story. But based on the little that we do know what you're saying could be plausible yep his personality he's sort of like solemn and doesn't want people to go through the hard things that he went through 
but he could be reactive when that happens because he had a lot of trauma. That makes sense. Yep. What does he say about his his castle? He makes me feel like it turned into something he wasn't expecting it to be. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted it to just be a safe place, but it got bigger than he thought it would. Mm. He has something in common with you. Kind of. In a heritage way. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Like ancestry? Will he tell you where he came from? Oh, is he like Italian or something? Yeah. Not Italian, but close. I mean, not necessarily close. It's one of your ancestries. Is he Scottish? Yes! (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, he has darker hair than normal. Because I I imagine little Scottish people to be like blonde and blue-eyed and short. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what my grandma looks like. But my grandpa has dark hair. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else he wants to say before I shared the small bit of information that I have for his story? No. So... White Otter Castle is actually a cabin. It's huge. You want to see a picture really quick? Wowee. Oh, right? it does have water. <laughs> so technically it could be a castle, but it's built on the banks of a river. So it's not, there's it's not like a, a castle if it was fortified for defense. I mean, it's pretty fucking phenomenal, honestly. So the man that you're talking to, I assume, is James Alexander McQuat. What does he look like? There's no pictures. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah. It's just trying. Yeah, otherwise I would be like, oh, yeah, he definitely fucking looks like that. Or entirely not, but we don't know. Yeah. So he is recalled as a fisher, trapper, woodsman, and, quote, hermit, who built an impressive three-story log cabin or castle equipped with turret in the remote woods of Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. So you were talking about how he had a wife and a daughter. Yeah. Previous. Nobody knows if he, I couldn't find if he was married. However, let's, uh, I'm going to continue and we'll get into that in a second. So he built this three-story log cabin near the shore of White Otter Lake. And his home is 64 kilometers north of Atakonan and is only accessible via snow machine or snowmobile, plane, boat, or canoe. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Mm Mm-hmm. The floor plan of it is 24 feet by 28 feet, and it has an attached indoor kitchen that's about 14 feet by 20 feet, and the entire structure itself has 26 windows. Just in the middle of fucking Canada. Yeah. A giant, like, chateau almost. It's crazy. So, he built his castle alone. He began its construction in 1903 at the age of 51. And some people say that it took a full year to complete, but other people say that his cabin wasn't actually completed until 1915 when he was 60 years old. And when I was researching this, I think that's what he agrees with, that the cabin was built. It wasn't entirely finished until 1915. What is? What do you think? What's the question? He started building the castle in 1903 at the age of 51, and some sources say that it took a full year for him to complete the sto- three-story structure. But other sources say that it took him until 1915 at the age of 60 to complete it. Well, I think it took longer than a year. Yeah. Because if you look at the structure, you can see where he built it. Like the first floor, the second floor, and then the third floor. Do you know how old he was when he built it? He started building it when he was 51 and okay, completed it when he was 60. I feel like the story that I'm telling you with the wife... 
that was a different house. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's why he built that cabin. Because he was so sad. Because he lost them. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. The plot thickens. <laughs> um, well, I also think that's why it took so long. Yeah, it might. So he felled and cut all of the red pine logs that make this cabin himself. And he hoisted f- and finished all of the beams into dovetails, which means that they fit like perfectly together. And some of the pieces of wood weigh as much as 1,600 pounds alone. Like, let's talk about building the pyramids again and the people that think aliens built the pyramids. This man, by himself, in the middle of the Canadian wilderness, hoisted trees and, like, finished them himself that weighed 1,600 pounds. And people are like, no, aliens built the pyramids. This yep. dude was probably had a past life building the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. And he hoisted all of these beams that he cut and finished by himself using a simple block and tackle pulley system. So they call it block and tackle, but it really is just a rope and pulley system. And it wasn't until 1994 that the building was restored. And then there was further maintenance that happened on it in 2021 um, because of a foundation that was put together because everyone was like, this dude's cool as shit. So his reason for building this castle And it also might get into what you're talking about that the internet might not know about. But this is also pretty funny. So (laughs) as a child, it is said that Jimmy McQuat threw a turnip at an old timer. (laughs) He chucked a turnip at an elderly person's head. Mm -hmm. And as retribution, the old person turned around and said, you'll never do no good and you'll die in a shack. Later in life, as an adult farmer in his 40s, Jimmy invested all of his savings into a gold mine, which was no good and lost everything, including his farm and his land. So that might be the life that you're talking about before. Yeah. Because he might have had a daughter and a wife, but if he lost everything, they might have just left him. Yeah. And no one knows about it because it was 1903. (laughs) So after he lost everything, after investing things in a gold mine that went kaput, he went into the Ontario wilderness to become a woodsman and trapper trading hides that he got for goods and money in his new life situation he became fixated on what this elderly neighbor said to him a long time ago and oftentimes when people would visit his then modest trapper shack because he did he just had like a little shack in the woods that he was selling furs and stuff out of yeah he would ask people what do you think of my home you'd never call it a shack would you and then at the age of 51 that's when he started building his castle in the woods it's not crazy that makes sense yeah And then you also said that he might have had hard things that he went through and he might have like fixated on things at one point in life. I think that's the thing he fixated on when he lost everything. He was like, crap, this person like put a hex on me or something because I threw a turnip at his noggin. Yep. And now I'm forsaken. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He's going to be in the violent section of the circles of hell. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Throwing turnips at old people. So it is assumed that Jimmy McQuat drowned while net fishing in 1918 because his body was discovered by four strangers tangled in his net near a reed bed besides an island on the lake. The rangers had come looking for him after reports that people hadn't seen him all winter and he likely drowned in the late fall of 1918. So only a couple years after he finished building his big castle and was found the following spring. Now his grave is next to the castle. 
So when you were talking about how he never thought that his house would be something as big as it is and that it would be something quiet and peaceful, it is quiet and peaceful. However, it is a tourist attraction now. And maybe that's something he doesn't really like. You mean as a soul? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't like that. Yeah. I assume he would just want people to sod off. <laughs> I mean, his house well, is nice, like but... People have negative ideas about him. And that's what he's angry about. Well, that's where the lore comes in. So I found on one website that McQuat intended the home to be a dowry for his future bride that he had yet to meet in person. And I couldn't find this information on any other website except for like a spooky places website. And this spooky places website said that his grave is next to the log castle, which is consistent with other sources. But they say that his ghost is said to still wander the property. So I'm sure it's because people say things like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he probably might have had a life, like you said, before the gold mine thing. But I didn't see anything about a dowry for a future bride that he didn't have, which makes him sound crazy and just all this other stuff. Angry, so he does ghost things, is what he says. Okay. To scare people. Interesting. Yep. Does he have anything else to share before we move on to our other supposedly haunted cabin? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Would you go there? Yeah, why not? I mean, it would be fun. It's a fucking three-story ass cabin. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm flabbergasted that he built that all by himself in the middle of the woods. Eh. Like, not not that I don't think he could do it, but the fact that someone had the gumption and go-to to actually do it and to make dovetail fittings for all of the that's got to take so much time and precision. Well, I mean, when you're sad, you need a distraction. <laughs> I guess you so. ran out of ranch dressing, so he didn't have ranch dressing. <laughs> Wait, there we go. God, isn't that a big castle though? I mean, it has Mm -hmm. a turret and everything. You love turrets. Mm -hmm. So, okay, next one. This one is called the Corbin Cabin. What do you got for that? Is there a porch on it? Yes. I feel like an old dude sat on a porch and smoked cigars. (laughs) It's the same dude I'm telling you with the the trucker hat. Um, Did the house get past hands like down like if people inherited it It, technically yes but not family members okay let me see if i can find a picture of the cabin for you yeah i feel like a dude sat on that weird porch thing like in a rocking chair and would smoke cigars that's awesome and if anyone went on his property he would shoot them the (laughs) shotgun (laughs) that might be true i uh, it's like really far away from everything else Mm-hmm. But is there things around it? You mean like nature things? Ask him to, to describe what it was like when he lived there. Or did he live at that house or did he live at a different house? Well, and I feel he like would he just lived visit. somewhere else. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. I feel like he had a certain thing he was doing when he went there. Okay. Oh, what was it? I don't know. <laughs> He's making something. Was he hunting or something? I don't know. He was making something? That makes a lot of sense. I don't know what he's making because you can just see the back of him on a, like a work desk. Okay. I'm excited about that. It makes me really happy. Yeah. He says it's too small to live in. <clears throat> it's just somewhere where you go where it's peace and quiet. That's why he's like, I'll shoot anyone that gets on this property. <laughs> <laughs> he 
Yeah, it might have been somebody that lived around around the place. But that's okay. Do you want to ask if the owner of the cabin wants to talk to you? He would look different, I assume, from the person you're talking to. I mean, do you know what he looks like? Yeah. Does he have dark hair? He probably did. Oh, he, he's old now. He's old. He's 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 dead. I'm Is sure. he like balding now? Yeah. I see him younger because it's easier for me to describe them. They, he has dark hair, but when he got older, he started to lose it. He's like a bigger dude. Um, Was he like super rich? Ah! Please I've... show me like the how how Mr. Krabs sweats because he needs money or something. That may okay. That would be a good. That's so fucking cool. Okay, uh, <laughs> technically, you're gonna laugh when I tell you this story, but yes, I'm gonna say yes. He was very rich. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to see a picture of him when he was old? Okay. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the big weird round glasses. Yeah, that's when he was old. That picture was taken in 1954, I think, or 1959. Mm-hmm. So. It's so funny. Oh, my God. I love that he says he was rich. That is fabulous. Yeah, that's my spirit guides making fun of him because he's literally, like, nervous, sweating about money. <laughs> like Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Yeah. No, but he, he like, I, I mean, when I get to it, it'll be funny. So, ready. The Corbin Cabin in the middle of Shenandoah national park sits a modest log cabin built entirely out of chestnut timber the structure was constructed by george t corbin in 1909 in what was called the nicholson hollow area within the great appalachian mountain range of west virginia okay so like when you listen to like country roads take me home that that song they literally yeah. talk about the Shenandoah Mountains and this dude lived on like the peak of the Shenandoah Mountains. Yeah. That's crazy. Eh. Makes me so overjoyed. Why? That's also why I don't fuck with Appalachian witches and like the lores of Appalachia. The people that live there, you got to be built something different mm-hmm. to live there. Bigfoot lives there. <laughs> so George lived a life as a true Appalachian man of his time, living off the land. He collected chestnuts to trade for cash and made whiskey and moonshine by the barrels. Mm-hmm. He earned 12 to $15 per gallon of moonshine or whiskey or 12 to $13 per 60-pound sack of chestnuts, which is crazy. So to just per- put in perspective, like, the time that he lived in, one of the reasons... West Virginia and Virginia became so poor, specifically West Virginia, is because in 1904, the chestnut blight began. And since 1904, it has wiped out almost all of America's chestnut trees. Yeah. So during his time, people like roasting chestnuts on an open fire, Christmas music, that Mm -hmm. used to be a huge part of American culture and history, especially in the eastern United States. Because chestnuts supplied everything. People would just let their livestock, whether it be pigs, cows, whatever, just roam in the woods of eastern United States and would put either rock fences or like the timber that you see that's like in crisscrosses just to section off pieces of the woods. 
And the animals would just eat chestnut trees. They would eat the chestnuts off the chestnut trees. Yeah. So it was a huge, like, economic thing for them. And when the chestnut blight came over from China or Asia and it wiped out all the trees in literally 50 years, that fucked up so many people's lives. Got you. So he was able to just live in the middle of the Shenandoah Mountains, collect yeah. chestnuts, mm-hmm. walk into town, and with a 60-pound bag of chestnuts, during the Great Depression, he would make $13. Goddamn. So when you say he's rich, that's fucking rich, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's specifically Mr. Krabs. <laughs> that's like, he keeps his first dollar. Every he hoards money. And then when was prohibition? The twenties through the thirties? I don't know. Dude was making moonshine during prohibition and making fifteen dollars a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he was worried about money because it was the Great Depression. So it makes sense. (laughs) And then um I was reading a transcript of his interview in the fifties with some people after he was revisiting his home. And he was talking about how the revenue officers would try to get him because he was selling moonshine and whiskey. He's like, so I'd be out there distilling whatever. And the revenue officers knew that I was out there. And he's like, I'd have to run from them. He had a disabled counterpart. Like the dude just couldn't like run. He was handicapped or whatever. And he's like, so he'd come out there and sit with me when we were doing things and he goes, I'm real glad that one time when I was just waiting for him to come out to me, the revenue officers officers came before he got there because there was no way we were going to outrun the revenue officers who were shooting their rifles at us while we were running through the Shenandoah mountains. Dude lived a wild fucking life. I mean, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do during the great depression. Right. But it wasn't even just about the great depression. It's just the fact that he lived his life there. And he actually, his mom was a daughter of the Nicholsons. So in 1908, he built a cabin in what was called Nicholson Hollow. Mm -hmm. So Nicholson Hollow was basically just a place that these people founded on the outskirts of a town and built their cabins in. Yeah. Which is why Corbin was forced to vacate the land on which the cabin sits in 1938 when the land was added to the Shenandoah National Park because they technically didn't buy the land. Yeah. They just decided to live there. Interesting. (laughs) Right? So it was Nicholson Hollow, which was just an area outside of a town that was like four miles out that they just decided to have cabins there. Yeah. And his mom was one of the original Nicholson's daughters. Mm-hmm. So that's how he became to be and then built his cabin where his family was and just lived there. Weird. <laughs> Fucking Appalachian Mountains. It's usually how it goes. I love and then that. he saw Bigfoot. <laughs> he probably did, honestly. It's where they live, I Appalachia. Didn't, I didn't get that far into the transcript, but if he does mention Bigfoot and I find it. I mean, it, how do you talk about the <laughs> Appalachia but not Bigfoot? I don't know. Mm -hmm. so i just think it's cool to put into perspective that his cabin was made entirely out of chestnut trees which is something that can't happen anymore like the only chestnut trees that are in the united states are what's known as stump sprouts so because chestnut blight was so bad it literally killed out enough trees to cover the earth twice gross so the only thing that happens is these trees try to survive by sprouting out of the stumps of their dead trees 
mm-hmm. but they can only get so big before they die again. Yeah. And that like decimated a huge economic bracket for Appalachia and like livestock farming and everything. Yeah. Anyways, so Corbin was forced to vacate the land on which his cabin sits in 1938 when the land was added to Shenandoah National Park. The cabin is unique in that it is one of a small number of buildings located in Nicholson Hollow, spared during the creation of the park, and still remains standing despite recent forest fires. So it's still standing even after a shit ton of forest fires. (laughs) It's just funny. All right, so this is more of the history and a little bit of the lore. I couldn't find anything to cross-reference this history, which is why I was trying to read the interview from the 1950s that was transcribed on like a recorder basically Mm -hmm. but anyways i was able to find this on one thing i think it was on (laughs) loghome.com and it is corbin's wife knee corbin died in the cabin giving birth to their third child in 1924 it was a winter day when george had to bury his wife in the family cemetery near the cabin, and then he had to walk four miles to the nearest store to buy milk for his newborn baby. So as far as loghome.com can tell, it's the only cabin that's a part of this Shenandoah National Park area that's supposedly haunted by a ghost. Hikers say the ghost of Nee Corbin still resides in the sparse cabin, walking on the hard plank floors and wandering the woods near her old home. So the cabin is maintained by the... Potomac Appalachian Trail Club and ex- is accessible within the park by means of Nicholson Hollow Trail. And the Corbin Cabin is one of a handful of structures that the PATC rents to hikers within the park. So you can actually go there and just like chill out and rent it out. So, Got you. That makes sense. I think that's why people think it's haunted. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, you're the, you're the psychic in this chicken game. So well, that's probably why there's this weird dude here. Oh, like he might just be someone that really likes it. Yeah. Got it. Because that's why he doesn't live there. He just goes there to fish. Got it. Yeah. So he might have been like alive in the 70s or something and liked it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was yeah. like, maybe you're talking to someone who lived in the other Nicholson Hollow area. Because there was other cabins within Nicholson Hollow. Yeah. Aside from Corbin's. So I was like, maybe yeah. she's talking to someone from there. But that would make sense. Yeah, because he like it's a fishing cabin or like a hunting cabin sort of thing. Got it. Yeah. And he, so just, he just went there for a few weeks. <laughs> and in the afterlife, it's his favorite place to hang out. Mm-hmm. He says it's quiet there. That's funny. He's got a really big twang. Yeah, he's a big so. dude. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about it, I was like, that's not Corbin. Corbin's like, yeah. he looked like he was big at one point, but not anymore. No, he's very different. Yeah. And he also talks a lot slower. Yeah. Corbin does. This other yeah. guy doesn't. He kind Glad of looks like Bigfoot. Too. He looks like Bigfoot. <laughs> he <laughs> said he ain't seen anything like a Bigfoot up here. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do you have anything else that you want to say about Corbin's cabin? No. All right. I got one more for you. Kind of. It's kind of two because one of them isn't necessarily a cabin. It's more of a person in a cabin. But we'll, we'll, we'll do the person in the cabin first. Now, this story, or these two next stories, take place in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And I got a lot of my information from Gatlinburg Haunts and then another cabin thing. But anyways, so this is the stories of 
the cabin on Roaring Forks and Lucy of Roaring Forks Motor Trail. So Lucy, do you know anything about her? Yeah, I was going to ask if it was a lady in this one. <laughs> um, she, was, she wasn't in the cabin, was she? Did she die like nearby? Yes, technically. Her death was in a cabin. But not the cabin that we're talking Got about, you. which is why, I was, why I was confused for a second. I was too. I was like, wait, so why like, are we talking about a separate cabin? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's what she was talking about. That it wasn't the cabin you're talking about, that she wasn't in it. So I was like, what does that mean? Okay. Yeah, you are correct. So then she haunts a different cabin? She doesn't haunt a cabin. Okay. She. I'm just confused of why I know that information now. <laughs> Yeah, just ask her. You just ask her. Well, I know the <laughs> I know the supposed story. I know. She's more related to the road, which is Roaring Forks Motor Trail. Roaring Fork Trail in the Tennessee Smoky Mountains. Um I don't know. She has like shoulder length hair and it's like sort of auburn blonde brown, sort of like lighter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was there like some weird foul play with her? I'm not sure. You're not sure. She might feel that way, maybe. But she died in a cabin. Did she like hit her head? Possibly. She Her past life is similar to my one past life. I don't know. My chest hurts and my head hurts after I like fell. So yeah. it, did she lose her child or something? Mm-mm. I don't know what past life you were talking about. The one that was in the farmhouse. That was a man. I don't know about that one, I don't think. Oh. No, I, I told you about it. You said that you lived in a, a smaller, like, brown shack somewhere. Oh, I don't know then. <laughs> That's okay. Does she have anything else she wants to say? The hair color's right. It's uh, shoulder-length blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what she's saying. Okay. Are you talking to her or like the un, like impressions of her? Probably that. The impressions. Yeah. Yeah. That's like okay. residual energy. So Lucy is the spirit of a young woman known to haunt the Roaring Fork Trail in the Tennessee Smoky Mountains, and she's looking for a ride. <laughs> Roaring Fork is a 5.5 mile long one way loop in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, which offers the opportunity to see many well preserved log cabins grist mills, and other historic buildings. So many years ago in 1910, in the same area, a young man named Foster came upon Lucy in the mountains and offered her a ride on his horse. He was like freaked out because it was a cold night and she wasn't wearing shoes. And he's like, why is there a girl in the middle of the woods and it's fucking winter time and she has no goddamn shoes on? He's like, this girl's crazy. So he found her to be unusually warm that cold night, and he quickly fell in love with her. He went looking for her again the next day, and he learned from her parents that Lucy had died in a cabin fire one year earlier. Okay. Yeah, so the chest and the head make sense. Got you. So today, visitors traveling the Roaring Forks have reported seeing a pretty young woman standing on the side of the road without shoes, still looking for a ride. So I guess he, like, rode her back to her house, and didn't want to say anything to her parents because it was fucking nighttime and winter. And he's like, I don't want to get shot. So yeah. he dropped her off at home and then was like, man, that lady was a stunner. And came back the next day and they're like, she died. 
thanks for bringing her back home i guess jesus christ right (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know why that story is like that so i don't know either (laughs) okay so it's weird it is weird the next one is also weird (laughs) so this is for the cabin on roaring forks now i do want to specify that there are a lot of different cabins in this part of the national park i guess but mm-hmm. the one I'm going to talk to you about is they call it the Roaring Forks one. It's if you look at pictures, anybody that wants to actually visit the place, because you can, it's the cabin that is sitting right on top of the river almost. It's yeah. like sitting not in probably the best spot, but it's still there. So the cabin is said to have the ghost of a woman inside of it. I don't know. It's just there was a lot of history about like European settlers coming and then sitting where Gatlinburg is now today and then they made like a compound of cabins and stuff like that and this is just the story of one of the cabins is she does she have dark hair I see her as having dark hair yes okay I think she just like sits next to people and freaks them out because <laughs> she walked in the room and that's why you're looking <laughs> like, did, she wand- did she wander in through the door and she's wearing like a dress yeah yeah does she not have shoes on yeah yeah there's also a scary version of her yeah yeah <laughs> one that like lies across the room and screams at you she also thinks that that thing is funny of course she does she likes that sir (laughs) so anyways it says keep in mind that you can still rent a room in this cabin to this day however with that being said you might want to read the following before you book your reservation and the following on gatlinburg haunts that's what i got the website from so it says one family who rented the room decided to go get some food at a local fast food joint They needed to eat dinner, but everything in the kitchen was messy. So they were like, eh, screw it. We're going to go get some food. The kitchen table, they left messy. And when they woke up the next morning, they found that the table was set with complete silverware, plates, utensils, napkins, everything. So they left it a shit show. And when they went to bed, everything was put away, thrown away, and like tidied up for them. And they're like, "Woo! it's horrible to have a ghost maid. (laughs) yeah she thinks it's fucking hilarious that's the kind of ghost i want in my house can someone can you random woman can you do my laundry for me please yeah she thinks it's funny because that's what i was like she just like sits next to people and it scares them (laughs) she's like that's all i have to do yeah well it is kind of scary you can see her like extremely well yeah she just yeah, looks at you like simply mm-hmm. and doesn't say anything. It's scarier when they yeah, don't say anything. Like, like she has, like she smiles without her eyes. Yeah. It's like a customer service zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so another family stated that the door was open to the cabin when they arrived for their stay. So they went to dinner oh, later. Message. <laughs> Cancel. I won't send it. I know that happens when there isn't a scary ass fucking customer service ghost next to me, but it makes it a lot scary when she's just sitting here. No, I'm sure it was her. Okay, what is she sitting in right now? What is she sitting in? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's funny. So she's sitting in nothing next to you as if she is sitting into a chair. Got it. Yeah. Great. Perfect. As long as we're on the same fucking page. Anyways. Says, you, th- you say that you're amused by me, but you're creeped out by me. Yes. But it's she's super like creepy. this to your arm. I know. 
God damn it. Stop. (laughs) I was just going to say, I feel like there's a hand running on my arm, but it looks like and feels like cousin it. Yeah. God. Because she's like, it doesn't, you scare easily, honey. I do. It's still creepy. Can you do my laundry? I don't think so, but that's why she's touching you and not me. Can you do my laundry for me? She's, will it scare you? It'll be scary good. (laughs) Sorry. If we pick up another EVP, remember when we got that weird EVP when we first started? Yeah. We haven't gotten one Listener stories. Little goblin things. Yeah. (laughs) Or gnomes or something. Ugh. Anyways. Okay. So this other couple went to come to their house and her house, I guess. And the door was open when they arrived. The next day, they had made sure that the door was locked tight and latched so that there was no way it could be opened without their key. However, when they returned, the door was now more open than it was when they first arrived. Mm -hmm. So inside this cabin, I guess you will also find an old goat cart. So like a small cart that a goat would pull. And this is where you can find pillows and extra blankets for your stay. However, it's no ordinary cart. Guests have reported that it can be found in different parts of the room and when they wake up compared to when they go to bed. As long as it's not like upside down on the ceiling, like rolling back and forth, I don't fucking care. That sounds like a me haunting. I would haunt like that. (laughs) So did you like my stories of haunted cabins? Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. It was that I was going to do the Blair Witch Cabin, but I feel like that should have their own, its own thing some other time. Mm -hmm. No one wants to talk about the other cabins and they deserve love too. Jesus. (laughs) Did you like our podcast? If you didn't, don't let me know because I'll cry. I have a rejection sensitive dysphoria. (laughs) Oh, we're naming it now. Yeah, we're naming it now. Unless you're that one person that left us a one star Apple podcast review that says that we hate white people. And that our podcast is racist. You actually are my hero. And I love you. So if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcast or rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening to us on our Metapsychics Extra channel on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Let us know a good dad joke. And we will tell the people who you are and your dad joke. Because we appreciate you. But until we get another new dad joke on some of those platforms. Em's going to read one from our Discord server. If you want to be a Patreon, you can figure out how to do that in the show notes. So, this is from Apple Goose. What does an Olympic runner eat before a race? Wheaties? No, they don't. They fast. Damn it. You're welcome. I should have gotten that one. I know. It was an easy one. It's because Peapod isn't born yet. I'm not I'm not a dad yet. You think my dad, not a dad? Yeah, you think my dad jokes will improve after I have this baby? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's the only reason why you're having one. Honestly, I think it is because I'm obviously lacking. Clearly. Dude, in the astral, you tell dad jokes. So <laughs> that's because I have lived, haven't lived, and will live. So technically, the baby's born. I've gained the powers. Or it's just easier when you're in the <laughs> astral. Because I don't have to pee every five seconds. Make things smell like oranges and be like, aren't you glad it isn't a banana? I had pancakes this morning that had bananas on them three days ago, and they still tasted like bananas, even though there was no bananas. So is that like a ghost of a banana? It sounds like an autistic overshare. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said the word banana. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. If you're interested in watching 
and not just listening to our beautiful voices, but actually looking at our ugly faces. Wow. Well, I mean, only one of us is ugly. It's me. <laughs> no, we've gotten so many YouTube comments where people are like, "Em, I work for a model agency. Here's my information. It is not that cool. Uh, it's usually very creepy. <laughs> well, I know it's creepy, but I'm just saying no one says that I could look like a model. So when it comes down to it, the one of us that's ugly is me. No. Yes. <laughs> Fight me. Anyways, if you like content like this, make sure to let us know. Subscribe, follow, whatever it is that you do for podcasts. And we'll see you in the next one. And yes, we do offer readings. You can look in the show notes and I don't know. Figure that out. Frolic through our website. Yeah. We are your meta sidekicks. Wow. Is that lady still stroking your arm? I was trying to ignore it and tell her to do my laundry or go home. Thank you for bringing it back up. You're welcome.